Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 402. Be true to the gift that God has given you on the inside of you, whatever motivates you. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Mark Lewis. Mark, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Uh, Mark, I think I'm about as ready as I'm going to get. <laughs> this is a very exciting opportunity for me, and uh, yeah, I don't, I, I'm not in the habit of doing many uh, interviews, but so uh, let's have at it. There we go. Mark Lewis spent 14 years as the public relations representative and special events coordinator at the Daytona International Speedway. Today, he's an educator at a private school in Daytona Beach, Florida, and he's also an automotive fine artist. His favorite subjects to paint are race cars and racing scenes. His art represents sports car racing at the highest professional level, from Formula One, MotoGP, historic racing cars, and endurance racing, where his unique style represents speed, color, light, and motion. So, Mark, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your career, your passion for painting, and, of course, your passion for automobiles and racing? Well, thanks. Mark, first of all, uh, let me mention that I, I was actually born and raised in Daytona Beach. I was exposed to Daytona International Speedway at a very, speedway at a very early age, and I was, I was so taken with the, the place that I became basically enamored with motorsports just by looking at it. <laughs> An empty, uh, empty speedway with nothing going on. Yeah. But it was so massive, and it caught my imagination. And I was able to harken back to memories in my head of of the racing that was going on there. Uh, for instance, I believe it was the 1967 uh, Daytona 500. And uh, I was living in St. Petersburg with my mom at the time. But being from Daytona Beach, the second I heard Daytona International Speedway, that being in my mind, I watched the entire tape delayed broadcast of the, of the Daytona 500 on, on the ABC Wide World of Sports. Oh, yeah. Chrissy Kanemaki. <laughs> yeah. That, and I, by the time I got back to Daytona a few years later, I guess I was about 12 years old. I walked into the place, and I was I was the only person in it, it even, it, though it seemed like I was the only person in it. And I just fell in love with the place, and eventually I would end up working there decades later and um, just... I went to a lot of races before then, fell in love with sports car racing. The Daytona 500, of course, is the big thing here. It's how ISC and, and the International Speedway Corporation and Daytona make their primary income. Mm-hmm. But I love the Rolex 24 Daytona or the 24 Hours of Daytona. It is, to me, there's no greater event on the planet. And so much of my work in the art world is focused on it. And um, I just... To me, that's that's at my core. That's what I am. I'm a I'm a big sports car fan, uh, and a bigger fan of what I think is the greatest endurance race in the world. Yeah, and you'll see that a lot in my work when you when you look at my work. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love your work. I found you on Facebook, and 
I was looking through your Facebook and Instagram pages, and it's just an amazing collection of motorsports work. And having been to many races and having raced myself, you really get the sense of speed and and light and color that you uh, incorporate into your artwork. And we're going to learn a little bit more about that as we move along. But first, I always like to start our journey by asking my guests for a success quote. This has been some kind of a saying or a mantra that's been Instrumental in forming your life, it's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Mark, take the wheel. Well, I was um, a student at Bethune-Cookman University here in Daytona Beach, and I took a philosophy class. And I had a really great professor who invited us all to start making our own quotes. And one day I came up with this one. Great challenges are meant to be hard. Great men are meant to take them on. Hmm. And I sort of live my life by that uh, mm-hmm. because every once in a while we're going to turn a corner and you're going to get fired from a job or you're going you're going to have some other difficulty in your life that's going to challenge you. It's going to challenge your resolve. It's going to challenge your passion. It's going to challenge just about every fiber in you. Yeah. And there's nothing, there's no greatness without struggle. And so to me, that quote, basically encompasses my my entire overview of life what i've had to overcome and how i've got to this this moment in time where i feel things are really starting to work for me to very positive conclusions so there you are yeah you know i love that and i love the fact that your success quote is a quote that you came up with. Some, and you know, a lot of people have su- success quotes they get from other people, which is fine and great. I've had a lot of those myself, but I love the fact that you created your own. And it's an absolutely fantastic quote, especially poignant for the racing world and all the challenges that are involved there. Would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you really knew that Mark was a car guy? Wow. Uh, I think um, there was a moment when I heard the 1969 Daytona 500. I could hear it from outside in the backyard of of our home. But I was actually listening to WROD radio here in town. And a man who would later on become my friend and one of my mentors in, in, in motorsports by the name of Bill Bowser. Mm-hmm. was describing it, uh, the, the, the racing so vividly that I could actually like, close, my, close my eyes and actually see it. And then all of a sudden after that, I just became immersed in, in, in motorsports. I wanted to learn so much about it. And it almost became an obsession with me to a point where I wanted to know it wasn't just really about Daytona. In 1970, the movie Le Mans came out. Mm-hmm. And I, I was already a fan of Steve McQueen because I had, I had seen the, um, the Great Escape. Yeah. So suddenly now I'm looking at Le Mans and I'm going like, wow, look at all these people and look at these beautiful cars. And the Porsche 917 all of a sudden became my most be- the most beautiful thing to look at. And I wanted, I wanted very much, you know, to have a model of it. And I started drawing it freehand and. Suddenly, the, the the names Ferrari and Lola and and Porsche became a part of my daily lexicon. <laughs> cool. And my friends, yeah, my I mean, I would go out and buy Hot Wheels cars that had those, you know, that they had those names attached to it. Yeah. And so I own I own Ferraris and I own Lolas and I own McLarens and I, 
you know, anything can, I knew what can am was, I knew what the FIA was and, 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 you know, I'm probably the only black kid in the United States who who knew who Peter Gregg was or <laughs> uh, who Vic Elford was, and, yeah. and it was it, that's just an to me that was just an incredible thing. You have to have a passion about it yeah. in order for those 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 words and those those names to mean something to you. Yeah. And I think that was it. It just came just listening to the radio and listening to Bill Bowser's voice. And when I and finally later on because Bill was working at Daytona years later and working with me the PR department actually signs up all of our um you know signs up all of the 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 voice talent that works our the the PA there mm-hmm. and you know so all of a sudden there I am you're Bill Bowser and he goes <laughs> like yes I am I say man I I love motor racing because of you because of your voice your voice your voice forced me to love this sport. Nice. And he was, he was so flattered and we became instant friends. Cool. Loving the death. <laughs> Loving the death. What an awesome story. I love that. So Mark, what I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl into the hood and ask you to share a huge challenge or even a great failure that you faced along the way in your career. But the more important part of this has to do with how did you overcome that situation? What did it teach you that we can teach the mm-hmm. listeners out there? I was after I, I did 12 years in the Air Force. After I did that, I really didn't know what I was going to do. So I settled in. Um, I settled in Los Angeles with the aim to become a, an actor, and not a star per se, but just a working actor. It's something I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. The first couple of years, I actually had some commercial um, commercial success. I was looking forward to uh, even more. But LA is a tough nut. Mm-hmm. Hollywood is even is even tougher. And so. Ultimately, I didn't get the success that I wanted. I ran out of money, and I ran out of enthusiasm. Uh, it seems like I did, really didn't have the passion that was needed to to actually become a successful actor. And mm-hmm. so, all of a sudden, I'm at a crossroads. I got no money. I, I've got very little money, and I got just enough to get out of Los Angeles. And I'm I call my mother up one day and I say, "Mom, I'm coming home. I need a place to." I didn't need a place to stay for a little while until I get situated. Yeah. And of course, as all, all good mothers are, my mother, you know, they basically, yeah, baby, come on home and uh, and we'll get it figured out. So there I am in Daytona. I'm, I'm back home. And um, I got a good friend of mine that comes over and visits me uh, after a couple of days. And he goes like, well, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I got this, I got this odd hankering to go and try to work PR at Daytona International Speedway. Mm-hmm. Well, as fate would have it, a good friend of the family was a, it's like my mother, she was, she was so close to my mother, they were like sisters. And as I, actually, I called her, I called her aunt, mm-hmm. Yvonne. And Yvonne Scarlett Golden was her name. She was a city councilman. And she was leading an, an initiative to get more African-Americans employed Mm-hmm. with the International Speedway Corporation and Daytona International Speedway. So she says, is this something that you really want to do? I said, yeah. She says, okay, well, uh, stand by the phone. In the next couple of days, you may hear something positive. So the next day, John Graham, the president, then the president of Daytona International Speedway, called me up and said, Mark, I was urged to call you up because I hear that you're a very talented guy. 
And in Moscow, like Golden told me that she'll never speak to me again if I don't give you a job interview. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so a couple of days later, there I was having a job interview, and I'm wowing John Graham with all of the knowledge that I have about Daytona and about motorsports in general. Yeah. And he's going like, wow. okay, guy, we got we to gotta hire you. At that time, Mark, there was also something that was going on that this is really amazing. I don't call it fate or just call it timing, there was an initiative started by NASCAR and ISC to bring in more minority hires hmm. into American motorsport. Yeah. And I came in on the ground floor of it. And so Graham was so impressed by my knowledge. He says, look, I, and we know you have limited marketing experience, but you know a lot about the sport. Yeah. We can teach you marketing, but we can't teach you your passion. <laughs> right. And so... And that led to a 14-year stint at Daytona International Speedway. Wow. So. You know, this is such a cool story because uh, when you think about your life and you go back, the alignment of the stars here, not only your passion, obvious mm -hmm. passion for motorsports, but then you went off to the military. I assume you learned some skills there. You learned a lot about, about being disciplined, about working hard, mm -hmm. and all the things yes. the military uh, provides for people. And then those years in Hollywood that required you to be a good speaker, a good person of representing yourself to people, a good communicator. When you think about yeah. all those things coming together and then being back there with your auntie in Florida, I mean, mm -hmm. wow, talk about the stars aligning. Wonderful story. I love it. It's great. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love mm -hmm. for you to share what I like to call an aha moment in your career. It, it's, it's a, and maybe you kind of just shared that a little bit, but it's a moment when the headlights come on and Kind of right. illuminate your way for this new direction. What was that aha moment for you like? Well, I was no longer working at Daytona. And there I am trying to figure out what it is I'm going to do with, you know, the second, the second half of my life. Mm -hmm. I started doing some things that were really sort of different for me. Um, I got back into coaching football. Played in high school and I had done some coaching out in California. And some friends in the area said, this will be a great thing for you. Maybe it'll open some doors. Eventually, it got me into education because I started coaching at a, a local high school here in town, uh -huh. the school that I'm actually working at now. But also, about five years ago, while I was still at Daytona, I started to get back into art. A very good friend of mine, who was a commercial artist, uh, knew that I loved to do, that I loved to paint and, and do freehand. So he says, have you ever thought about augmenting what you do with, with computers? And I went like, no, I never really thought about that. He says, okay, here's the deal. And he gave me a disc uh, of, a, of an art program, and I mastered it. I mastered it real quick, probably within the span of about two or three months. And all of a sudden, I was starting to create artwork. It wasn't very good at first. I wasn't really very enthusiastic about it, but it was a wonderful time waster and it was a wonderful outlet for my creative talents. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I got my art chops back. <laughs> and suddenly, you know, I, I was creating stuff after a while, after about a year, two years. All of a sudden, I'm getting stuff printed up and I'm giving it to guys that I know who are, are car guys mm -hmm. like me. Yeah. And they're looking at it. And all of a sudden, they said, Mark, this stuff is really good. And I went like, Pardon me? He said that this stuff is really good. This is unique. I've never really seen anything like this. 
that was followed by others who saw merit in it. People who were actually in the motorsports world. Mm -hmm. And up until somebody endorses your work, you really don't know how good you are at it. The people who were telling me were car guys. They weren't art types. And their opinion meant more to me than anything. Yeah. And from there, I took it and I ran with it. <laughs> Very cool. I love it. Fantastic. How about proudest career moment? I would assume you've had many, but is there one in particular that stands out for you? Well, as far as Daytona was concerned, I, I really, when we talk about creativity, the one, the one thing we all have in common as artists is that we have vivid, vivid creativity. And no matter what medium you work in, you have to be able to imagine and, and be able to transfer that imagination on paper or on, a, on screen on canvas or, or whatever medium that you work with. Mm -hmm. For years, about a decade, the ultimate award at Daytona was known as the Daytona Pyramid. It's a green, faux granite pyramid that stands about three feet high. Oh, wow. Okay. That was a creation of mine. Nice. And I, I mean, that sits at Chip Ganassi's race shop. Uh, there are about three or four of them that sit there. Uh, I, I joked with uh, Chip and a couple of guys that worked there that because of uh, those pyramids, his, uh, his trophy room looks like some version of the Pyramid of Giza. It looks like <laughs> it, it, they're everywhere. And, you know, when you, when you look at that, when you see that, you know, it really, if it's, okay, that's, that's one of my marks on the business. Yeah. Because that's going to be around, that's going to be around forever. People are going to be looking at those trophies. Archaeologists are going to find those trophies in a couple <laughs> of thousand years from now. And the fact that you were able to, you know, you had something to do with it, that you created it, that that was, that was hatched from your, from your mind. Yeah. is really, really an exciting thing to, to think about. Very it, cool. It's something, <laughs> Very yeah, it's something cool. that's, uh, that makes me smile every time I think about it. That's great. I love it. As far as art is concerned, so far, I recently signed with Vic Elford oh, uh, nice. to do a number of limited edition pieces. Uh -huh. And those will be coming up soon on his on his website. Oh, there was nice. the the piece is called uh Visual. And it's a really avant garde type piece of the uh of the beautiful Porsche nine seventeen L that he raced there in nineteen seventy one with um with martini livery cool, cool. and it's, it's just i just one of my favorite cars in the world as a matter of fact i have a 118 scale a depiction of that car that vic signed at Rensport 2 at daytona ah, so the, nice. the mere fact that yeah his name and my name are going to be on a piece of art that people can buy and put up on their wall is just huge yeah absolutely can't, can't huge yeah you. yeah yeah it's just very, Incredible. very nice. You know, Vic has been a guest here on Cars. Yeah, he's a great guy. I, I actually, what a wonderful man. Yeah, yeah, he is. You know, years ago, uh, gosh, over 20 years ago, he was in a driving instructor for uh, mm -hmm. Porsche Driving Experience, and he was actually my instructor down in San Diego during a Porsche Driving Day. So uh, a little awesome. did, yeah, pretty cool. I thought it was pretty cool when he got in the car, and I said, you're Vic Elfert. Uh, he goes, yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? Maybe you could share a memory with that vehicle. 1985 Fiero GT. Had a V6 engine in it. Yeah, non-turbocharged. Had great power-to-weight ratio. It looked like something that um, like Ferrari created 
And it was like, I called it a poor man's Ferrari. Yeah. It, it was beautiful. I loved it. But I'm six foot five inches tall. Oh, gosh. And <laughs> it's only a two seater. And when people would see me get out of it, I was literally folding into and out of my car. Yeah. So uh, it, it, after a while, it, it wasn't practical. And it really didn't have a trunk. I would, I would go on the road trips and basically my uh my duffel bag that I traveled with was in the passenger seat. So <laughs> after a while, I kind of outgrew it. That's a little car for a, a man that's as tall as you. How about a vehicle that you've let go that you really wish you had back? I really wish I had that one back. Oh, okay. That car was fun. Yeah. That car had one of the thing, fun things about the car was some, not so much the performance, but that GM put in the headrest of those seats uh, a Bose speaker. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's very yeah, cool. Yeah, it was so cool to drive that down the highway. It had a very responsive, it had a very responsive uh, suspension system. The car tracked very well, very low center of gravity, great power to weight. I really enjoyed every aspect of that car, except for the fact that it, it just, it wasn't practical anymore. A little too small for a guy of your stature. So exactly, <laughs> very but I cool. enjoyed it. Yeah. How about current projects? Is there something you're working on today that really has you excited and fired up? Well, uh, not really, but I'm on the cusp of doing some livery products with some prospective teams in uh, in IMSA. And it's something I wanted to do for some time. Uh-huh. Uh, my work is also becoming popular with various team owners in the IMSA WeatherTech series. And I've done some commemorative pieces with teams like Starworks and Visit. Florida.com Racing and Mike Shank Racing. So there's some wonderful things on the horizon uh, that will probably come down the pike over the next month or two. Nice. Cool. We'll look forward to that. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Mark. If you were a car, what kind of car would Mark be and why? Easy. Uh, (laughs) I'd love to be a Porsche 962. Oh, wow. Now that's a car. (laughs) Yeah, it's a car. Uh, It's been the subject of so many of my pieces. I've never seen anything on wheels so proportionately beautiful as that mark. Uh, it, yeah. It's a it's alive at every angle, and it's and it's a totally dominant vehicle. Being a 962 is like being a guy who walks into a room and everybody turns and looks. And, <laughs> and, I, and I think it's it's not just because it's good to look at, but also because it's got a lot of swagger to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm making sense, but the car's got swagger. Yeah, I love, that. I love the way you said uh, alive at every angle. They are absolutely spectacular cars. And I was at Rensport a couple months ago out here on the West Coast. And, uh, oh, my gosh, all the 962s that were there and absolutely fantastic cars. Great choice. I love it. So Mark, Thank up, you very much. <laughs> you're welcome. So, Mark, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Metrovac has been manufacturing and providing quality automotive vacuums and blowers since 1939. I've used their portable vacuum and blowers for over 15 years in my garage, on my cars, motorcycles, around my home, and you should too. Their Air Force Master Blaster Revolution is my go-to tool every time I wash and detail my vehicles. Powered by two twin-fan 4.0 peak horsepower motors, the Master Blaster delivers up to 58,000 feet per minute of clean, warm, dry, filtered air. Dry your car without a towel and avoid those nagging micro-scratches. Perfect for the wheels, engines, motorcycles, and all those frustrating water traps in trim, door jams, and seals. Check out all of Metrovac's quality products, deliberately made better in the USA. Metrovac is the right choice. Learn more today at Metrovac.com. 
Use discount code CARSYEAH20 and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's right, 20% off. Details at CarsYeah.com slash sponsors. Okay, Mark, we're back and we're entering the last lap. You've been around enough races to know what that means. The white flag is out. Time for us uh-huh. to put our pedal to the metal, and I'm going to ask you a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Okay, I'll another. <laughs> what was the best automotive advice that you've ever received? Oh, my gosh. Uh, let's see. Uh, I've had a few mentors in, in the motorsports world. One of them was the late Bob Snodgrass, who was the CEO of Brumos Porsche for many years. Yeah. Um, someone very near and dear to my heart. He once told me, always be true to your love for cars and you'll always have a job. <laughs> you know, great advice. And you talk about Brumos. My guest just two shows ago was uh, three shows ago, actually, was Hurley Haywood, who has a very close oh, yeah. relationship with Brumos. You probably know Hurley as well. So, uh, yeah, he's a friend of mine. Yeah. I, I love Hurley to death. Wonderful, wonderful guy. Great guy. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? Mm. I always draw. I always look for uh, inspiration to create. Mm. Uh, to me, that, that that doesn't allow me to be complacent. Yeah. And I'm, I'm either doodling or something or in my head, I'm doing something with something I'm looking at. Yeah. Uh, so if I'm around cars and I see the way light reflects off of it or, or something of that vein, I try to put it in a mental Rolodex, and I'm always just trying to be creative. Cool. Great idea. Do you have a resource that you think our listeners would really enjoy? Most of the friends that I have in the automotive world, racers and, and journalists, like our mutual friend, Sean Cridlin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Car guys. You know, just, just guys who eat and drink and sleep automotives. And, and they, you know, chances are they know more about about the game than I do. I'm always basically trying to soak in as much as I can to give me insight to the next project. So just the guys I know who are car guys. Yeah. Well, you're my 402nd guest here on Cars Yeah. So there's 401 people that came before you that are people exactly like that. Great inspirations just as you are today for our listeners, Mark. Yeah. Would you share a book with our listeners that you think they would really enjoy? Okay. I'm an ADD guy. People who have ADD can't read books. Or they find a very, it's like, look, I, I mean, I have a reading level that, that that's as good as anybody. I was reading, I was reading at a 12th grade level in the, in the seventh grade, uh-huh. but put a book in front of me and say, and say, read it cover to cover. It's, I'm not very good at it. So if it's on a computer, perhaps I can get through it. Yeah. But I bought a, I bought a, um, I purchased a book when I was a kid called the speed merchants. Uh, by Michael yeah. Kaiser. Yeah. And Michael was a photographer as well as an author. What he wrote was, you know, was in bursts and, and, and was very brief. There was a lot of brevity. But the pictures you saw captured your imagination. To this day, it's probably my favorite book ever. So I would recommend anybody, especially anybody who is into historics or, or vintage uh, race cars from from the late 60s to early 70s, The Speed Emergence by Michael Kaiser. Yeah, absolutely. Michael's been a guest here on the show. and uh, Oh, wonderful yeah, man. Yeah, it's a yeah. great, great book. Absolutely. It sits on my shelf as well. Well, listeners, mm-hmm. I'll remind you, you can find links to these great resources Mark has been so kind to share with us today at carsyeah.com slash Mark Lewis. And there's a great spot 
on the website for Cars Yeah called Guest Recommended Books, where this book and all the other past books recommended by guests are listed with easy, quick links so you can get your hands on all these books. All right, we are up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy. Okay. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the price because today I'm buying it for you. Okay. What would that one vehicle be? First of all, be? thank you very much. I appreciate it. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. Just send me your address and we'll have it shipped right to you. <laughs> no cool. problems. What would that one vehicle be and why? Oh, man. Shoot. Hmm. The Ferrari 512 TR. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this, this car shocked me in, in three ways. The first time I saw it, uh, a picture of it, I was like, wow, I can't believe somebody actually designed that. <laughs> and I must have stared at it about an hour. It was only a side view, uh-huh. and I was, but I was, I was transfixed by looking at the car. First time I saw it on film, uh, on TV, was on was on Miami Vice. Oh yeah, yeah. And I made sure that I I, I taped that show, and I video. I I mean I I looked at that over and over and over and over again. Not the whole episode, just the just the Testarossa footage. Uh-huh. And I kind of like wore that part of the, the VHS tape out. <laughs> yeah. I can see why. Yeah. That yeah. Is, it's such an iconic car. And uh, I think it was Leonardo, how do you say his last name? Fiorvoranti, who designed that mm-hmm. car, I believe, uh, along with some other uh, folks. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's one of those iconic cars, I think. And shows mm-hmm. like Miami Vice and others, made it uh made it so and you know if you look at that car and kind of squint you might see a little bit of a fiero in there yeah <laughs> exactly know? yeah so exactly. I, I can see why you call that fiero your four, poor man's ferrari i had a carmagia in high school that was my poor man's porsche oh, <laughs> so i understand very that good. very cool well great choice now what color would yours be it would be black. Everything would be black. Black. Everything. I mean, black leather, black interior, yep. everything. I, there was this, when I was in Los Angeles, I got a chance to go to Ferrari of Beverly Hills uh-huh. and they had a used, they had a used uh, 512 uh-huh. and it was black. I got a chance to actually sit in it. Uh-huh. I didn't want to get out. I was kind of hoping that the big one would hit. <laughs> uh, you could just so drive it, away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you know if the, if the building caved in on me, I would oh, be on the, okay. in the Ferrari, yeah. and I would be entombed in it. I, yeah. That's kind of morbid, but I mean, <laughs> there I was, and I, I actually wanted. Finally, I was sitting in this car. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted very much never to get out of it. Yeah, but the salesman uh, told me they were closing, and, and yeah, I had to time for you to get out, dude. Quit drooling on the yeah, seats. Dude. Yeah, that's Scadoni leather. <laughs> very nice, great choice. Well. Mark, you've taken me on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed talking with you, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yeah listeners and with me. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off off that Daytona racetrack in your Ferrari 512TR? That would be absolutely great if I was able to do that. <laughs> and who knows, one day I might pull up in it, and um, I still know a few people at, at the Speedway who uh, – who can make something like that happen yeah, for me. I hope and, that happens. Uh, That'd be awesome. Yeah, I sincerely hope that happens. Do me a favor and pray for me. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. i also like to ask everybody, if you're interested in looking at my work firsthand, you can find it in two places. I don't have a website, but uh, they can go to Pinterest mm-hmm. and just type in M. Lewis Motorsports Art. There's no space between M and Lewis. Yep. And also on Facebook, 
M. Lewis Motorsports Art on Facebook. Yeah. And please, uh, if not just for anything but viewing pleasure, I love for people to come on and look at the stuff I've done and the compliments inspire me to go ahead and, and, and even do more art. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great. I would encourage our listeners to uh, to check that out if you go to carsyad.com slash Mark Lewis or just put Mark in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up and you can see links to these websites. You can check out his artwork. Leave comments. Leave some comments of encouragement for Mark and uh, that way he can uh, keep on creating this artwork for all of us to enjoy. About that last bit of parting ad- advice for us, what would that be? I, I just have to go back to what Bob told me. Be true to you know, be true to your passion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be automotive. It can be art. For me, it's both. Yeah. Be true to the gift that God has given you on the inside of you, whatever motivates you. If you stay true to it, it'll be a passion for you, and, and you'll find success with it. Very well said. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything that Mark has shared at carsyad.com. Mark, thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with us. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Mark Green, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you ever so much for having me. It's an honor uh, to be among so many wonderful people who you've had a chance to talk with and get insight from. Well, the pleasure's all mine. You take care. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.